Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. true story about my dad. I am Rami Makhlouf, your host for the next three hours here on The Score tonight. I got Adam Studzinski on the other side of the glass, my producer for the evening and a jam-packed show Adam and I have put together for you this evening. Cody Westerland covers the Bulls for 670thescore.com. He'll be here at 625. Also, we'll hear from Ian Happ. And a conversation from earlier today on Bernstein and Rahimi. Really, I thought insightful, obviously, one side of the labor negotiations, but I thought really insightful from the from the Cubs' labor uh, representative and what's going on in these negotiations here as we get to the deadline before we start losing baseball games. And Aaron Lemming, he covers the Bears for CBS Sports Bear Report. He'll be here at 8 o'clock to talk, well, Bears and NFL Combine and what's going on this offseason. And I wanted to start the show off with with some Bulls talk with you folks this evening at 312-644-6767. That's how you can give me a call. You can also get in on the Rosen Hyundai text line using that number as well, or tweet the show at 670 the score at Rami R-A-M-I-E is tweeting. Is how you can follow and interact with me. And I want to I want to I want to approach this in 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 just the right way because and Adam, feel free to chime in here whenever, whenever you want to jump in because I, I need, I need help here, and I, because I don't want to make this a, 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 a conversation or a situation where I'm the wet blanket. That's very much what I'm trying not to be. Whenever I talk bulls here on the score, and when I talk bulls with my friends, this happened a couple nights ago. I was in Chicago hanging out with a friend of mine, and we were talking bulls, and I, I always end up being the guy who's like the downer of of the whole thing and I don't want it to be that. So this is this is how I want to frame this. I want to know 
what it is exactly that that maybe I'm missing with the Chicago Bulls at 312-644-6767. Because don't get me wrong, I am enjoying what I am seeing, man, especially DeMar DeRozan. The dude is on an absolute tear, and it is something special to watch, and we haven't seen something that good since at least Derrick Rose, and you can make an argument, we haven't seen something that good since maybe Michael Jordan in a Bulls uniform in terms of the season that he's having, and especially this current tear that he's on with his eighth game of 35 points or more last night. Michael Jordan's the only one who's had more, and it was 10 when he did it for the Bulls. So I'm I'm loving this. I'm loving I'm loving that from from top to bottom. What's going on with with ownership, with management, with the coaching, with the roster? It's all so much better, so much better and and moving in the right direction than it was in the previous era of Bulls basketball. And that makes me so happy. I love it. I'm having a great time watching it. I'm enjoying it. But I also have my expectations, I feel like, capped more than a lot of other people's expectations are with this Bulls team. So maybe... I'm missing something. 4-1-3-1-2-6-4-4-6-7-6-7. If you could tell me what it is maybe that I'm missing. Because while I'm, I'm loving what's going on, I don't see championship contender. I don't even see Eastern Conference contender. And neither neither does Vegas. I'm not much of a gambler, but I know Vegas is... They have like some smart people working there who you know know what they're doing when they handicap these things. And that's why they make a lot of money. The Bulls are, so the Bucks and the Nets are plus 300 to win the Eastern Conference. Sixers are plus 340 after the James Harden deal. The Heat are plus 550. And then after that, it's a major drop-off to the Bulls at plus 1,500. Like, that's, 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 a, that's their fifth, and it's, they're a distant fifth when you talk about the odds that Vegas is giving them to come out of the Eastern Conference. So I don't see Eastern Conference champion in in the Chicago Bulls for all the the progress that they've made and all the all the good that's going on there and the positives I don't see Eastern Conference champion and I talked about this a little bit last week when I was here on the score as great as what is going on with DeMar DeRozan is as much as I'm loving it I don't think he's a legitimate MVP candidate at this point I think I think it's a three-man race between Giannis Embiid and Jokic, and then if you want to argue that DeMar DeRozan is fourth, I'll give I'll, I'll give you that. But it's it's a distant fourth, just like the Bulls are a distant fifth when it comes to their chances of of winning the regular season. And just generally speaking, I don't put a lot of stock into the regular season, especially this regular season. It's been such a weird regular season this year with as as much time. As, as has been missed, and the Bulls are, are a victim of this as much as anybody else, and kudos to them for being able to, to endure that and stay at the top of the Eastern Conference standings. But rap, rosters have just been so ravaged this year by, by COVID and by injuries that I don't think the standings, and I mean, the regular season often in the NBA isn't taken seriously or as seriously by some teams as they are others. So you, you don't know how much stock to put in the standings 
in a lot of regular seasons as far as what it means is in, in terms of who's the best team and, and how, how everybody stacks up, and this season especially. But I have noticed lately, and this is, this is why I'm questioning myself, that even the national narrative is starting to change, and I'm seeing more and more believers in the Bulls as a contender of some sort and in DeMar DeRozan as, as an MVP candidate. Zach Harper, who, for my money, is one of the, the better NBA national NBA writers that's out there, had two pieces featuring DeMar DeRozan recently. One, pointing out that he's been one of the best scorers in this league for three years running now, and he, he's taken it to another level this year, but shouldn't be as surprising as, as, as maybe it is to a lot of us, is what Zach points out in his article. And then in another article where he's laying out his MVP candidates, he's got DeMar DeRozan second. And I, I respect Zach Harper's opinion. So if he's got him second, I got to believe that there's, there's at least an argument to be made that DeMar DeRozan is more a, a, an MVP candidate than what I'm thinking, what I'm giving him credit for. And that the Bulls are and maybe contenders and stronger contenders than what I'm thinking or, or giving them credit for. So I, I'm asking you if you could help me out and let me know. And I don't want to make this a, 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 a fight, an argument, uh, an I'm a hater type of thing. It's not it at all. I, I, I genuinely want you to help me out. And let me know what I'm missing when I don't see the Bulls as a legitimate contender and I don't see DeMar DeRozan as a true MVP candidate as much as I love what's going on here right now and the arrow is pointing in the right direction and the future is bright for the first time in a long, long time. I just feel like my expectations are more capped than than a lot of yours. I'm going to talk with Cody Westerland about this Bulls team who covers the Bulls for 670 to score at about 625. But phone lines open to you at 312-644-6767, or you can uh, tweet the show at 670 to score, at Rami is tweeting. Let's go out to Aurora, and Richard, you're on uh, 670 to score. What's up, Rich? Hey, so one of the, so, excuse me, personally, um, in terms of sports, and when it comes to, you know, the teams I like to follow in general, um, I don't really like to do the whole, culture and winning thing because I feel like culture can really come from anywhere. Um, but I do think that the bull culture um, from the front office down um, has changed. Um, when AK, when AK and ME came in um, and they gutted this whole team, I think it sent a message, not just to the guys on the team, but you know, the, the rest of the fan base that mediocrity isn't going to be tolerated anymore. These aren't mm-hmm. the bulls team. This isn't the bulls team from, 2017-2018 where they might beat a good team and then lose by 40 to the Kings the next night, you know. This is a, a, a yes, the league has been ravaged by injuries and covid and whatnot this year, but the Bulls were at a point where we didn't know if we had enough guys to play games. We we were at a point where we didn't know if um we didn't know if our best young player was even going to be healthy enough to be available for uh, as a trade asset, you know, we're holding a one, two seed. I don't know exactly where we're at right now at this moment, but we're holding a very high seed with essentially having played almost a full season now with half a team. I think I was listening to Bernstein and Rahimi maybe like a week ago, and they said the Bulls had only trotted out a full roster for like five games of the 50 or so they had played up to that point. Um, I, I just think that 
I, and I try not to get too out too far out ahead of my skis, just like you. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that this is a Bulls team that really does have a shot at winning the East. Uh, I think you said they were fifth in the odds to come out to come out of the East. Well, you know, hey, a distant you you catch a, and yes, I hear you that it's a distant fifth, but you catch a nice little hot streak at the end of April, start of May, you know, the seeding works out, you run into some teams that you can beat in the first round of the playoffs, maybe, and you look up and you're in the Eastern Conference Finals, and maybe you'll, and you only have to win four more games, and now you're talking about playing for the trophy, so uh, I think it's very doable, Um, I don't like to be the downer either, especially on a hometown team, but I, I do think this is a this is a legitimate team. Um, not just this year. I think it'll be legitimate the next couple of years. So you think what I'm missing is is the culture shift? That it's that the culture um, shift is that significant that that they they can do this thing. Yes, because you okay. got to remember 2020. We were at the All Star game booing ownership. We were at the we were talking. We were literally on oh, national TV screaming oh. fire guard packs in the background. Oh, I remember. And and man, I'm you so. I'm so happy about that. Thanks for the call, Richard. I appreciate it. I'm so glad that, that they've made these 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 leaps and bounds of progress. I love it. I do. I'm really happy about it. And and, and you know what? Those years, those those really those really bad years for the Bulls. Maybe I'm scarred. Maybe I'm scarred, and I, I can't I can't bring myself to to believe. Maybe maybe that's what's going on here. I just I I don't think they've turned it around this quick to make it a championship contender. It usually doesn't happen that that quick in the NBA. Here's a text from the 773 it says, "Robbie, I don't know if you're missing anything per se, but I called in at the beginning of the season when the Bulls were 6 and all you seem to be having the same doubts and most of them have been somewhat disproven. The Bulls are the first in the East with a ton of injuries to their most key defensive players and frankly, they've had the least drama of any team this season." How much does first in the East mean, especially this year? I'm, I'm not trying to, to, to demean the, the record or what they've done. It's, it's impressive. It's remarkable what they've done with all the injuries that they've had. But how much, how much do you think first in the East means to the 76ers or the Bucks? The Nets want to get out of that, that play-in tournament. But if they if they can do that, and they're three and a half games out of that playoff to, from getting out of that play-in tournament with only I think 20, 22 games left for them to play. So the Nets want to get out of that play-in tournament. But if they do that, they don't care if they're the one seed or the six seed. They don't. I don't. I don't think a lot of teams around the East, or really even around the NBA this year, really care all that much about seeding. This is this is a war of attrition on some level, the way that that COVID and injuries has hit almost all the teams and and all the contenders, including the Bulls. Let's go back to the phones. 312-644-6767. Ty in Oak Park. You're on the score. What's up, Ty? Hey, how you doing, man? I just want to give you a quick analogy, man. And I think that us as a fan base is what we're going through. I don't think that your doubts aren't warranted. I think that just as much as the front office had to go through a cleanse, they had to clean house, and then they brought in a coach that was able to manage. You know, in sports, it's about overcoming and adapting to the way the landscape is laid in front of you. And with all the things that's going on in the league, the parity with injuries, the parity with COVID, missing players, I think that the organization has built uh, sustainability by being able to show that, first and foremost, 
we can adapt to the conditions of whatever we have to do and still contend. I think that's always step one to being a winner. And I think us as a fan base, as much as the organization had to cleanse, we also have to cleanse as fans to be able to accept what we see. And I just think that you're just a little further behind in your cleansing process, and you just need a, a couple more couple more of those shakes and you drink them back and then eventually you'll be able to come on over. But for the time being, I just think that you're a little behind in your cleanse of all of the nonsense we've been through with the front office and the that instability of the organization. That could be it. That very well could be it. I might I might just not be as far along yet in, in the recovery from what we just went through the last few years as Bull fans, as Bulls fans. That could be it. I'm not I'm not I'm I hope I wanna be wrong. This is, one of, this is one of those instances where, as, as a sports talk radio host, I want to be wrong about this. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm eating crow when, when all is said and done and I'm attending a Bulls championship parade. That's what, I want to, that's what I want to do. I just, as great as DeMar DeRozan is, and you know what? I'll, I'll admit another thing here. I'm always... I'm always preaching folks when it comes to, to, to star players to not fall for the name brand fallacy of, of, of always the guy who's the bigger, more, more well-known name must be the better player. Like actually look at, at production because sometimes a store brand is just as good as the name brand. It just doesn't have the hype around it and it's going to be cheaper. So maybe maybe I'm falling for the name brand fallacy here when it comes to, to to NBA superstars. I just look at the Bulls and DeMar DeRozan, and as great as he is, come playoff time, do I think he's going to be able to go toe-to-toe with a, a Giannis or a Durant or an Embiid? And I know he doesn't play the same position as those guys, but I mean as far as delivering in these series as consistently as we've seen those guys, well, Embiid hasn't done it in a playoff series so much yet. But as consistently as, as we've seen those guys deliver in a playoff series and put their teams on their back when they need it. And DeMar DeRozan has been great in the regular season at doing that. He's been the, maybe the best fourth quarter player in the NBA. But once those guys put put the foot on the gas pedal come postseason, is DeMar DeRozan in the same class with, with the Giannis, with, with the Durant, with, with an Embiid? As far as a guy who can carry his team through a postseason, Adam, do you see it? Do you see DeRozan as that type of guy after the season that he's had? Are you there with him already? I'm sorry, man. Can you can you repeat your question there? A screen a phone call. That's all right. No worries. I was just asking if in a playoff series you have faith that DeMar DeRozan can go toe to toe in carrying carrying his team the way that a Durant or a Giannis or an Embiid can. I think so. And I, I, I point okay. to maybe not, all right, maybe not, I'm not, all right, let me, let me back up a little bit. I'm maybe not quite there on to the level of like a Giannis can or, or I mean, has Embiid even played in, in the play? Like, 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 no, I, I did, like I did say actual, we, have, we haven't seen him do it in a playoff series yeah, yet. So, so, so yeah. all right. Yeah. So really we're just talking about Giannis, but, but like, but, or, I mean, I guess you could say the way that Embiid has carried the Sixers this year. So, all right. And Durant way. has done it too. Yes, that's true. Oh yeah. I mean, of course I believe in, in, in Durant's ability to carry a team. So I, I think that I'm starting to get there because I mean, even just, you just look at last night. And I know that the Hawks are an inferior opponent, and they're they're a team that's just going to be kind of a thorn in your side. But ultimately, you should beat them because they're you know still 
still building that team. But the way that, you know, down the stretch of that game, there's a minute and a half left. The Bulls are down, down three points, I believe, at that time. And DeMar DeRozan's like, okay, I'm putting this team on my back. And he scores, he eventually scores back-to-back buckets to give them the lead. And he's, he's done that all year. And so he just has this ability to put, hit, put the team on his back and say, okay, we're going to win this game now. Now, in the playoffs, when teams start specifically scheming for the Bulls for an entire series, you know, well, it's going to be a wait and see because even the Hawks last night gave, gave the Bulls fits at times when they were t- and, and held them scoreless on, on consecutive possessions and whatnot. So it's, it's a wait and see. But, I mean, the way he's playing, the, the man is damn near unstoppable at times. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm starting to get there. I'm not going to say that I'm quite there yet where he can carry the whole team. In the playoffs, I, I don't think he also would need to, considering some of the other scorers like Zach Levine and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I'm getting there. Got a couple texts in here. <laughs> well, 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 if it isn't Professor Packer on the score, because I host a show in Milwaukee. Man, I go on the air in Milwaukee and tell people I hate the Packers. Let's see you do that, guy from the 815. Let's see you go behind enemy lines and let people know on their radio airwaves that you hate their football team. This has nothing to do with that. I got another one that says, of course, uh, Mr. Buck thinks the Bulls are good. I've told you people before. I'm, the, the Bucks are my side chick, and it is a torrid love affair. It's a, it's a steamy, passionate love affair. But the Bulls are and always will be my number one, all right? I don't, I don't hide that, that I, I enjoyed that championship run last year. But this isn't, this isn't hate coming from, from north of the border, guys. It's got nothing to do with it. Like I said, I want I want to be I want to be I want to be brought around so I can enjoy this as much as the rest of you are. That's what I'm trying to do here when I say tell me what I'm missing. I'll keep taking your calls on this at uh, 312-644-6767. But on the other side of a short break, let's talk some bulls with Cody Westerlin, who covers those bulls for 670thescore.com. Maybe he can tell me what I'm missing. Rami Makhlouf with you on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. DeRozan against Bogdanovich. Steps back. 18-footer. Yes! Big-time shot for a big-time player. DeMar DeRozan. 108-107. Atlanta. DeRozan. Foul line left. Got it! Got it! Foul! DeMar DeRozan with the hoop, the harm, and one. DeMar DeRozan has 36, looking for more. And the Bulls lead 109-108 with 15 seconds left. At the call last night, right here on 670, the score, DeMar DeRozan back-to-back buckets to put the Bulls up, and they go on to the 112-108 victory over the Atlanta Hawks, Bulls, and Grizzlies tomorrow, 645 pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off right here on 670, the score with Chuck and Bill on the call. Rami Makloff with you on the score on a Friday night, and I'll get back to your Bulls calls in just a few minutes, but joining me now... On the hotline, he covers the Bulls for 670, the score, and uh, it is Cody Westerland. Cody, how are you this evening, my man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And, and Cody, I, I think it's been a couple of months since we talked, and I think the last time we talked, we were pretty much in the same place as far as where the Bulls were and their standing in the Eastern Conference, which is they've made a huge leap forward and, and a very good team and a fun, competitive team to watch but not on the level of, of the real Eastern Conference contenders, namely the Bucks and the Nets, and, and maybe now you throw the 76ers in there after, after the trade deadline. And I really I haven't moved off that, and I was asking Bulls fans before the break like what I'm missing that I haven't moved off that because I want to enjoy it as much as everybody else is. Have you moved off that, Cody? I don't think I've moved off what the Bulls are. It feels like... They're very much the same team, and I say that knowing that Caruso and Lonzo Ball have been out for for a month now or so, and this is in many ways a, a different team without them. But by way of what their potential is, I don't think it changed that much. I think what changed, honestly, was when we're leading up to the trade deadline and you're thinking, you know, should the Bulls make a big move and add someone in an East that might be up for grabs? Well, we were thinking when James Harden... Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant all played for the Nets and were healthy and cleared to play with vaccination status, they were on a different level. Well, they made the trade to get Ben Simmons. James Harden won it out. And I think the ceiling of the East, the Nets had the highest ceiling before that trade. The ceiling of the best team in the East is a little lower than it was before. That trade's probably going to help the Nets in the long term, but I don't think it helps them this year. So since I think that's where I've changed a little bit, I still like the Bucks' outlook for, for championship aspirations more than the Bulls, but the Bulls can compete with the Bucks. you know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't feel like there's a team in the East anymore. Actually, it, what it feels like is there's six teams that kind of can play at really high levels but aren't super, super elite on any given night, and it's going to be 
um, a bloodbath in the playoffs, probably, when some of these teams play each other, especially in the first round even. It's going to be tough. So I think the Bulls are doing their job. They're taking care of business um, when they've had these injuries, and I, I don't think a ton has changed uh, for them lately here. But I think the East is more wide open probably than the last time you and I talked uh, talked about it. The the thing that that stops me from from you know jumping in that pool with everybody who 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 believes this is a a championship caliber team or a team that could come out of the Eastern Conference as much as I want to. It looks like a lot of fun in the pool, Cody. Is I I'm I'm and I'm not unique in this way. I, I think it's it's a star driven league and and stars win playoff series, and I just. I don't see the star power on the Bulls that I see on the Bucks with the Giannis or on the Nets with a Kevin Durant or the Sixers with a Joel Embiid. Am I selling? Am I selling Demar Derozan short when I say that with the season that he's having right now? I think you are. I mean, if if you're if you're thinking about from an offensive perspective, yes, I, I do think you're selling Demar uh, short because he's proved this year that not only can he be as efficient as anyone pretty much in the NBA on offense, he's absolutely sensational in crunch time when it gets a little harder to score when the opponent might be locked in when it slows down a little bit more he's been as good as anyone I mean he's shooting 55 percent in in clutch time this year games that are within five points um, inside five minutes doing the same thing in the final minute of games we saw it last night uh, hitting the two big jumpers to, to lift the bulls over the Hawks so if you're talking about game-changing two-way players, obviously, if you're if you're having a draft the day before the playoffs start, who <laughs> am I going to draft with the first overall pick to try to win a championship right now? I'd probably still take Giannis at that point, given what he does on both ends. But if the rest of the Bulls' defense can, if they can get healthy and and get back to who they are and have Caruso and Ball out there applying pressure, and we're viewing this through, what can you get done? On the offensive end to get a tough bucket, I think the Bulls got a star this year that's that's as good as anyone this season when it comes to just getting a bucket in those tough moments. So uh, it's look, th- there's things when you look at a playoff setting that are going to help and hurt the Bulls. Like you can take a glass half full or half empty for some of the things they do well, right? Like DeMar DeRozan isolation is going to be an awesome trait or, or tool to have uh, in your arsenal as a team mm-hmm. late in games. But at the same time, the Bulls early in the season got out and transition a ton, forcing turnovers with Ball and Caruso's ball pressure. In the playoffs, you don't play teams that are as loose with the ball. More of the teams that go deeper in the playoffs usually have a good point guard, takes care of the ball, stuff like that. So some of those things that the Bulls were best at early in the year that their defense did best probably won't translate quite as well to the playoffs, whereas some things that the Bulls do really well will translate well. So it's really a case of how you want to view it from almost every aspect of the team. Talking with Cody Westerland, covers the Bulls for 670thescore.com. Rami Makhlouf with you on a Friday night. Where do you have him in, in your MVP rankings right now, DeMar DeRozan? Cody? I've been thinking a lot about this. I think I still, I'd have him at four right now. I, I still think Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis are, are a tad ahead of DeMar. And I look at it from the prism of, to, to me... Just because Giannis is kind of doing what he's done before and he's won two MVPs, like it's you kind of get fatigue, right? But what he's doing is absolutely magnificent. I think around 29 and 11, something like that, um, on a nightly basis. It's just been spectacular. And he and Embiid are both more two-way players than DeMar DeRozan. 
and the efficiency numbers, for example, of Giannis and Nikola Jokic, who's having almost maybe even a better season than his MVP season in some ways last year, the efficiency is just off the chart. So DeMar's not quite there in some of the efficiency metrics. And I know when we get into to saber metrics in the NBA, it's confusing. No one can even agree on a term like war or anything like you actually can in baseball in many ways. Like some of the stuff doesn't make sense and, and it's really confusing. <laughs> but in, in many ways, Giannis and Jokic are a little ahead of him in those. And I think Giannis and Embiid um, are better two-way players. So I would still have him four. I, I think there's a path. There's certainly a path to DeMar winning MVP. And I can spell it out right here. It's Bulls finishing first in the East. It's mm-hmm. DeMar playing at a level, maybe not the, the win set and broke, um, but playing near this level that he's playing at. And then really, I think it's just him continuing to be awesome in crunch time and, and having more big moments. Because if you look at the narrative aspect, and look, MVP voting is is narrative-based too. Because if it wasn't narrative-based at times, like Definitely. Michael Jordan would have more than five MVPs in his career probably, right? He'd have seven mm-hmm. or eight. Same for LeBron, would probably have a few more. But sometimes we get a little bit of fatigue. Jokic won it last year. He's worthy again. Giannis has won it a couple times. He'd be worthy again. But if you look at the narrative aspect... Uh, it seems like DeRozan's leading in that. You know, the new guy that comes to a big market, uh, a great franchise with great history, and pulls them kind of up out of the doldrums and into first place in the East. Like, that's a great storyline. The guy that makes all the shots in the final minutes really calm and, and handles the business. You know, the dramatics help. The two buzzer beaters he had early in the year. So there's a path there. I think a lot of it has to do um, in many ways just with with how he plays down the stretch obviously 22 games is still a long time we got a quarter of the season how the Bulls finish the season matters for that MVP race but I would probably have him in fourth I know Bulls fans aren't going to love that but uh, I, I think if you turn it around if you watch people like Embiid, Jokic and Giannis every single night too you'd realize they've been um, probably a tad ahead of him I think this year just from an all-around two-way perspective. Yeah, I was having the MVP conversation last week here on the score, Cody, and I said then it's almost it's almost unfortunate he's having the season that he's having in this particular year when you look at what those three guys who you mentioned are doing in Embiid, Giannis, and Jokic. I mean, they're, they're extraordinary seasons that those three guys are having. In most years, I think DeMar DeRozan would be one or two in, in, in the MVP race with, with what he's doing. Oh, certainly. I mean, this is the NBA is in a good spot. You know what I mean? Right now, it's right. it's in a great spot with some of this young talent and this next wave of guys kind of in their prime. But you're right. Like, uh, I don't I don't want to. I'm I'm not trying to criticize Joakim Noah in any way here, but I believe he finished fourth in the MVP during his best season in Chicago. Like, right. we just got to be honest. This DeMar DeRozan season blows that Joakim Noah season off the map in terms of what he's doing. And when he had a fourth place finish and DeMar could end up with the same one. So, yes, you're right. Like when it comes to guys playing at a really, really high level this year, there's a lot of tough competition. And in many years, he he would probably almost be a lock for a top two or three finish um, and, and have a better chance at winning it. But again, weird stuff can happen. And, you know, like DeMar, other than the, the short COVID absence there for him, has been available and ready to play every single night. I think he rested one game, obviously, but. Um, you know, you can make that case too. I mean, everyone views that, that differently, you know, I mean, uh, Jokic has been basically available all year long and Giannis and Embiid have certainly played enough games to, to win MVP. They haven't been out for super long stretches, but like it's, everyone views the award differently, you know, like in many ways, like games matter. Like, would you rather have DeMar DeRozan playing 
78 games or someone playing 68 games at a slightly higher level, but but 10 fewer games. You know, like anyone can argue that. So I think his durability and reliability is, is a big factor for him too, just bringing it every single night. This has been a weird regular season with, and, and the Bulls is as much a victim of this as anybody, but with the way that COVID and injuries have, have hit rosters, and, and I would say even especially the rosters of, of these teams that we're talking about as, as the real contenders in the East, do you think that these teams maybe start to, to put the foot to the gas pedal here in, in the home stretch out of the All-Star break and we, we get a, a real good measuring stick of, of who everybody is and where the Bulls stack up heading into the playoffs? I really do. I do think that. And some of it, like you said, sometimes the NBA backloads the schedule a little bit in the second half of the season for premier TV matchups to, to get away from the NFL. So you naturally have some of these more marquee matchups between the best teams. But the way it's breaking too, right? Like 76ers need to figure this out as quickly as they can because you you trade for James Harden to win a championship this year or next year. You don't trade for him to pay him $50 million four or five years from now. So they're they're going to be under the microscope. Same thing for the Nets here. They're sitting eighth right now in the East, would have to go into the play-in. They yeah. would really like to at least get to six, so you'd think they'll put the foot on the gas, but they're three or four back in the loss column with 2022 to play. That's going to be hard, uh, but they're going to push as much as they can. And the Bucks. I mean, you know a lot about the Bucks. obviously. It seems like... Um, I, I don't want to say they haven't slept walk through the year in any ways, but every time it feels like they're really going to get going and start making a run, they come back and it's like win three, lose three in a six game stretch like that. They have, I think they're the only team with the harder schedule. They're basically one, two in the NBA um, in strength schedule remaining. So those teams are going to play each other three more times. So that's part of the reason. But just naturally speaking, it feels like the Bucks will rise to the occasion in some of these bigger games down the stretch, too. So we're going to learn a lot about all of these teams in the last 20 games of the season. It's going to be really interesting playoff positioning, too, right? Like, you want to run and try to get the one or two seed. That usually puts you in the best spot, would give you a home court advantage, at least in the first two rounds if you're a two seed. But all of a sudden, you might be facing the Nets in the 2-7, and the Cavs could finish 6, and you'd rather be 3. So I think some of the uh, maneuvering could also be wild in the final week of the season if teams choose to do that um, for playoff seeding. But up until that point, I think everyone's going to be um, kind of pedal to the metal trying to, to win as many games as possible because you don't you don't want to be in that play-in if you don't have to, and the East is so bunched up that, that someone that's a good team is going to have to be in it. Our first look at, at Tristan Thompson with the Bulls last night, and, and in only 13 minutes, he puts up 11 points, grabs six rebounds. Do you think this is an indication of what we can expect from that guy, night in, night out, or is that sort of, uh, I don't want to call it beginner's luck, or just, just that first-time adrenaline of, of getting out there in a Bulls uniform, or do you think that's, yeah. that's about what we can expect right there? I think the 11 points was maybe a little much. Like, if, if he's throwing up 11 points in 13 minutes a night, the Bulls really got something, right? Like, this bench is going to be great if that's the case. But uh, I, I don't think it'll quite be to that level of scoring. But, look, he's productive. I think the energy you saw is going to be there. Uh, I believe six rebounds, and I think he got fouled on another play where he was going to get the rebound um, and, and didn't get credited with it, went to the free throw line and stuff. So, like, he hit the glass hard. I think he's going to bring that every single night. He's... Already basically the backup center, you know, just plug him in there like one or two practices, good to go, um, because that's what, what he can bring. He brings obviously more mobility when it comes to kind of side-to-side -side stuff, 
a lot of veteran playoff experience. So I think you can expect a, a lot of that defense, um, that diving kind of setting screens and dive into the rim and crashing the glass. He's not a guy that goes up and gets lobs or anything, but he can dive to the hoop and, and bang bodies, obviously. And smart player, smart defender. Um, again, has played with some of the best in the NBA in his career. So I like that signing for the Bulls. You already saw why the first game he was out there, first 13 minutes. And the 11 points, you, it kind of makes you chuckle, right? Because Tony Bradley, like, bless his heart, he's a great rim defender when he's at the rim, but he's just he doesn't do hardly anything for you offensively. I think he had 11 points in, like, the last 10 games he appeared in total um, going back for, like, the whole last month. And Tristan Thompson matched that in short order. So... That's the thing, those second units, right? Uh, you don't want DeMar DeRozan to be the only option on the second unit. You don't want Kobe White having to do too much with the ball in his hands on the second unit. You still would like to have four guys, four and a half guys out there that you can count on to, to kind of make a play if they have an advantage on a play. And Tristan Thompson can, can finish if someone creates an advantage for him. So I, you got to like the minutes he gave him last night. We're going to see, just real quick before I let you go, Cody, we're going to see uh, James Harden with the Sixers for the first time tonight. Do you think that works there? You always hear that concern when when superstars get teamed up of, oh, is there enough ball to go around? Both these guys need the ball in their hands. I don't I don't think that's really an issue when you talk about James Harden and Joel Embiid. I think that's I think that's a good a good tandem that they have out there in Philly and something to be reckoned with. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels a little more old school, right? Like, when we think of great tandems here lately, sometimes you're like, LeBron and, and AD, and AD can pick and pop a little bit. Really, really smooth, lankier athlete and stuff. Like, Joel Embiid's like a big boy, you know what I mean? Like, he still wants the ball in the post on the block, and how do you incorporate James Harden? Well, that's fine. Like, Joel Embiid still can get all the touches he had before, be in many of the spots on the court when he wants to. I, I think the only thing that's going to be um, worrisome or, or the thing the 76ers need to keep in mind is when they do throw the ball to Embiid on the block or, or he's isolating kind of at that, the free throw line, stuff like that at the elbows, is James Harden standing in the corner, like pouting like he did sometimes in Brooklyn? Or is like he leveraging his threat to move and get to the hoop in some ways or spot up in dangerous spots uh, to, to, to be effective and draw the defense. Like if he can do that, if, if he commits to trying to move a little bit off the ball, I think it's going to work. If they're getting James Harden to just, you know, take turns isoing, then they're not going to play at a championship level. They're probably not going to win more than maybe one playoff series. But the thing I like about that too, obviously, 76ers were getting a zero out of Ben Simmons' roster spot in his salary slot, and now they're getting a guy who's motivated and one of the best ISO and one-on-one scores in the NBA still um, when he's healthy and everything. And I also like those guys are going to be really hard to keep off the free throw line in the playoffs. Like Embiid and Harden are like probably two of the yeah. four or five best in the NBA getting the free throw line. So in a playoff setting. I like the pairing quite a bit because, again, they, they can get easy points in settings that are tough to get them. So I like what the 70s like. I, I like to trade for both teams. The 76ers are the one under a little bit more pressure in the immediate this year. So I think it's going to work. I think the 76ers are a big threat in the playoffs. I still don't know that I, I'd pick them as a champion yet or anything like that. But certainly, yeah, I like the pairing a lot. That's Cody Westerland. Check out his work covering the Bulls at 670thescore.com. Follow him on Twitter if you don't already, at Cody Westerland. Cody, appreciate the time and the insight, man. Thanks a lot. Yep, anytime. Have a good rest of the show.
And Cody joins me on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We're going to hear from uh, Ian Happ, the Cubs uh, player representative, coming up at the top of the hour in his conversation with uh, Bernstein and Rahimi earlier today. But, man, things got as ugly as they've gotten so far in these labor negotiations today, and it had nothing to do with the players or the owners. We'll tell you what I'm talking about right after this. Rami Maklop with you on a Friday night right here on 670 The Score. He might be. We'll find out who we're talking about here in a second. Robbie Maklov with you on the score on a Friday night. We'll hear from Ian Happ coming up at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. But uh, the labor negotiations going on today, we're going to talk about that in the 7 o'clock hour as well. But uh, early in the day, the Atlanta Braves, had they have to put out their, their financials because I guess they're owned by a publicly traded company. And long story short, surprise, owning a baseball team is a uh, profitable bu- profitable business, despite what some might have you believe. And so Jeff Passan of ESPN tweeted out, do not believe the lie that baseball teams are not extremely profitable ventures. They are, and the financials of the Atlanta Braves illustrate that a $104 million profit in 2021, a $6 million per game revenue stream as a business baseball is superb. To which David Sampson, former Marlins president, now the host of uh, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. You can catch it right there on your Odyssey app. I know frequent guests right here on these airwaves, frequent guests on my show up in Milwaukee on our sister station, 1250 AM The Fan, quote tweets that and says, these financials say nothing about real profits. Teams appreciate for sure, but annually they're not nearly as cash positive as people think, blah, 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 because unlike the media who may claim to know, I actually know teams lose cash every year, and that is a fact. So Jeff Passan tweets, I'd love to know which teams lose cash since you actually know, by all means, enlighten us. Three hours passed from that tweet. No response to, from David Sampson, so Jeff Passan just tweeted, thought so. So finally, David Sampson turns on his Twitter and says, I could enlighten you all day, but your narrative would be lost. We know when you have spent one day actually running a team, name the day and the platform. You already turned down an offer from the Levitard show. To which Jeff Passan says, David, you ran a team because your stepdad owned it. Damn, dude. That was, that's like, if... Burn! <laughs> That was that that was the that was that was the that was the death shot. That was the death blow right there from Jeff Passan. There's no coming there's no coming back from, and I like David Sampson. I like both these guys, to be quite honest with you. And and David Sampson comes on my show, so I'll even say I like him a little bit more, whether I believe that or not. But, but there's just there's Adam, there's no coming back from that, right? That's he's that's DOA. David Sampson is done in this particular Twitter war right here. That's definitely, I don't know how you respect. Well, first of all, and we were having this conversation before the show, Rami, just like, I don't know why people try to come at Jeff Passan on Twitter anymore. Like he, I've never seen him lose a Twitter battle and I, he's, he's undefeated. 
he's ruthless. And you know, if you come at the king, you best not miss, as I've heard. You you <laughs> you better not miss when you come at Jeff Passion, dude. He will he will dispose of you and dispose of you ruthlessly and and quickly. And that's exactly what he did with David Sampson here today. It was and David Sampson tried to come back with what a burn. At least you got the relationship right. That is until 2004. I don't even know what that even is referring to. I just, if I'm David Sampson, I just close Twitter for the day and hope everybody forgets me by tomorrow. Yeah, I would just, I would just shut it down. <laughs> just shut, like, just take your L and yeah. shut it down for the day, dude. And earlier, like after, so there was that three-hour gap, and then Passon said thought so. And David Sampson probably, or finally responded. He said, I wouldn't hide from Jeff Passon ever. I'm on a trip and was running a race without a phone. That was the delayed response to his nonsense. I will be happy to explain team finances to him or anyone else. How about on Mondays, uh, nothing personal with David Sampson. Good plug for your own show there. Never explain why you didn't why why you weren't there for the fight never explain that that's, you you are you lost right there you don't, don't just just people know there's no need to explain why it took you a while to tweet people know how twitter works Ex- by explaining it you already you already sort of lost the fight right there but then Jeff Passon, if there was any doubt whatsoever with the step deadline that that's just dude that that was the the death blow there's there's absolutely no coming back from that whatsoever. I hope David Sampson is okay. T's and P's to David Sampson this Friday evening. After this, let's hear from the, the Cubs player representative in these uh, labor negotiations, Ian Happ. He joined Bernstein and Rahimi earlier today. We'll bring you that next right here on 670 The Score. Rami, with, Rami Makloff with you on a Friday night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 